if you don't mind, let's take a moment for the sponsors so they can keep the lights running and keep West Virginia and Commonplace going. 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings a service of the United States Postal Service and the UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're in an office sending invoices, a side hustle SD shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. Supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new rate advisory tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in pod. That's stamps.com, promo code pod, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Right. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Um, there comes a point in your um, podcast uh, where you have to start doing things a certain way. You can't um, just get out here and start podcasting and thinking that just because you use your voice, you ask a few questions a certain way, you dive into different genres and all this other stuff, um, that your podcast is going to make it and stay afloat. Um, after you pu publish a podcast, there's something really serious that people do not take serious in certain forms, and those are called as show notes. Tonight, today, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you listen to this podcast, I have a very, very special guest. She is returning to the show. Her name is Lisa. Lisa Sheely. Hello. And Lisa has an expertise in show notes. She is the podcast virtual assistant. And that's her title, the podcast virtual assistant. There's uh, no one that comes uh, between her and that title because she is the truth. Uh, many podcasts will attest to that. And I'll attest to that too, that when you need the inside information or you want to polish your podcast, you go to Lisa. So Lisa, how have you been doing lately? I've been good. Thank you for having me back on the show. Really happy to be here. <laughs> Glad to have you back on. Now, um, after COVID has happened, um, has life changed a little bit for you? I mean, when it comes to my VA work, not really, because it's, it's always been virtual and it still is. Like when it comes to my day job, you know, like you can relate to this, the, the day job has changed. I'm back in the office, which I love. I'm not a fan of working from home, <laughs> but I was, I was very grateful that I could do my job from home. Um, but yeah, in the day job, I'm back in the office, but uh, the virtual assistant piece has not changed at all. Okay. And I started doing this different series because I have like 17 different series all available on different platforms. Um, mm -hmm. It's called a behind the scenes, uh, behind the scenes for podcasts. On um, the very first episode I did was with an audio guy and his name is Sean Chapman. Very good guy out of Colorado. And I did that episode because I was one of those people that was cheap. I, mm -hmm. and I still don't have an XLR microphone. But I went ahead and I found the Yeti Blackout or whatever it's called. I found it on sale for like $49.99. I went and pay $130 for it. But I bought it and I started getting better quality in my episodes. I can actually hear myself now. And it sounds professional. You know, it's more polished. Yeah. It's not that crazy. It used to sound like I was just inside of a box and had people on my podcast or whatever. So <laughs> I started refining that. And the problem with me inside podcasting has always been this. Some way, somehow, the people around me give me an edge on things. So sometimes I can, you can look past it for a little bit, but then there comes a time that someone's like, hey, JR, come to the side of here. Buddy, you got to buy a microphone. Well, both the microphone, the episodes were doing well. And then this question has come up way too many times in meetings and all these different calls. Why are your show nuts so crappy? You have a decent show, but your show notes are crappy. You just point to one thing 
you put a link in there and you keep going. One time I had a, a, a um, show note that was only 14 words. Mm. So you are here today to explain to us the importance of show notes. Mm-hmm. So would you please yes. tell us about them? First, tell us what a show note is and then can and the forms of it and all that. Educate us, please. Okay. Okay. So a show note is just a written version of your podcast episode. And there are different kinds of show notes. You can have a short form show note, which is a summary of the episode, or you can have a long form show note, which very closely follows the conversation. So you almost, it's not a transcript necessarily, although you can do that as well, but it very closely follows the conversation. And I, I don't use like Descript or other transcript services. I listen to the episode and write as I go. Um, it, it takes me longer, but I feel like it produces a better quality show note that you can read it and not ever listen to the podcast and still know what it's about and still, um, you know, get value from it. So those are the two most common types of show notes, but there are show notes too that are just a good solid paragraph and, and those are fine. It, it kind of just depends on your style and the topic of your show and your audience. Okay, and I like that answer because I noticed um, in some of your work that's out there in the world, when you when you read it, you know, it's not that I want to skip the podcast, but sometimes I'll just jump over in those notes. And um, certain platforms and different things, uh, we'll get into that in just a minute, you know, those show notes are, are powerful. Um, I, I was, we were doing, we always do a pre-call whenever we uh, do these podcasts and stuff like that. So um, I told you about a podcast I liked even though I've read the show notes, I didn't remember the actual code, the host's name, you found it and you know, you got it. So I can see where there's a type of uh, importance there. Now, my thing is, is that there's so many platforms that you put show notes on and I'm gonna throw a little twist in here. Um, The one time I made really good show notes, I took them over to Tumblr and I placed them on Tumblr because it's a blogging site. And somehow through the bots, real people started listening to my podcast because they were reading about it first. They had that summary and they were like, hey, he's got one decent show out of 90 because of those show notes. So that was one, yeah. that's, that's, that's what kind of got me into it. And I was like, I need to grab Lisa before she gets way too famous or gets too busy, <laughs> you know, and get her, get her out here to help me with that. So um, could you enlighten us on this? Aren't, aren't there like certain platforms that, show notes enhance? Well, so you can put your show notes kind of anywhere that you want. So uh, for example, um, maybe you have a WordPress website and you post your show notes on there with your, like with your episode linked. And it's just like every episode you put out, you go right to your website and you can read them or you can copy and paste the show notes onto your Instagram post promoting that episode or you can do that on Facebook or or on Tumblr so they're your show notes and you can copy and paste and put them wherever you want but I would say the majority of my clients have a dedicated website for their podcast and they put them on there in in either the podcast section of their website or they put them in a blog section and they use them as a blog Okay, and that's a good way of helping repurpose episodes because you have this, not a transcript, but you have this, I call it a ledger, basically. Or you almost, mm-hmm. you could almost turn this into maybe what, like a newsletter to a degree, right? Yeah, you can. And that's another thing is that I do is I write newsletters for podcasters, which is a whole other thing. But um, yeah, you can break up your show notes and, and, and put paragraphs here and there, um, in a newsletter, or you can put them into like an Insta story or break them up into several posts. So you can do a lot with those show notes. All right. So we can both agree that they're pretty much a valuable resource. Now, um, just in detail, because you are a professional at this and and I always love to have a professional one because you, 
like you're polished in this one day you started you know it always reminds me like murder she wrote or whatever you know <laughs> you know you started on the typewriter at some point and then you got to a point where you had a computer and everything else that's just fiction i'm throwing out there guys just to have sure. a little humor <laughs> yeah just a little humor so yeah. with the show notes um can you tell me what a great set of show notes should be like in your opinion yeah. yes so your show notes should they should sound like your podcast they should be written in your voice now that doesn't mean that you have to write them if you're hiring somebody to do it for you they need to be able to write in your voice so that it makes sense you don't want people to listen to your your podcast go read your show notes and they sound completely different or 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 foreign, like maybe your show notes use really big words or verbiage that you don't even say. So you want to make sure that, that do you know what I mean? Like yes, you want to yes, make sure that the, the show notes are in your voice. You also want to always be sure to, to link your social media accounts and your website in your show notes. Always have a contact me section or a find me here section. And if you have a guest, you want to do the same for them and always leave room for your sponsors too, if you have sponsors. So a good show note, it's written in your voice. It follows the conversation or follows the topic well. You have links to any resources or products you mentioned. There should be a whole section on the bottom for nothing but links to different things. Go here, go there, check this out. And... Um, I think it's good to just give your audience every resource that you can and, and to just offer this to them. It, it's not difficult to do. It doesn't take a lot of time, um, but it's a real value to your listeners. And I can appreciate that. That's why I love having you on the show because you're so informative. Now, um, everybody knows that you're the greatest virtual assistant. Now, if someone came to you, contacted you for service, if you have availability or whatever, um, and I throw it out there lightly like that, guys, because she's a very busy lady. You know, mm -hmm. she's a wife. She's out here in the world and she's in one of the greatest states. Uh, a lot of people don't notice know this, but uh, I started something new and I don't know if you picked it up. Um, huh. I did an advertisement about this show before it even came into existence. I put West Virginia, Indiana Reunite. I don't know mm. if you've seen it or not, but it's actually out I there. I don't think I have. Yeah, let me go back and look real quick. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I know I'll normally, have to look it up. normally a little professional, but um, oh, let me see what day it was. It was God. It's been a while. Oh, I'm on the wrong <laughs> one. Sorry about that, guys. That I'm cutting into it. It was one four days ago. Show notes behind the scenes coming soon. Indiana and West Virginia reunite. Oh, okay. That's so, right. I'm in, I'm in Indiana. It's the best state. <laughs> it has good quality. Debatable. <laughs> Only thing I would take away from your state would be Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne could just go away. <laughs> go kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But everywhere else is beautiful. Fort Wayne is a, yeah. and Gary. Oh Lord, Gary. But anyway, back to the, uh, what we're doing here um okay. someone contacts you for their services um mm -hmm. and you discuss your rates with them that's private business between you and your um podcast affiliates and other things like that so definitely um can you do a shameless plug real quick can you plug where they can find you real fast sure uh, they can find me only on instagram I, that's the only place that i've ever really needed to be and my handle is podcast va lisa Sheely. um that's where you can find me. That's the only place I am. Okay. And you can also find her in a, in a repurposed episode or a replay on my podcast, West Virginia and Commonplace, yes. on all 17 streaming services okay. and on our new premium service for certain things. Anyway, yes. the, I, shameless plug, we like to do this. So someone comes to you and they want you to, um, I've said this twice already, they want you to do show nights for their show. Um, mm -hmm. You set up your consultation. Um, now, when you do your consultation, to a degree, they kind of get a free listen off of you, correct? When starting this, because you you have to contract what you're going to do, and then mm -hmm. you have to listen. 
Yeah, I do. Um, and I, I mean, I, for my day job, I have a, a pretty long commute. So I have lots of time to listen to podcasts. I love to listen to podcasts. And um, this is very much a hobby for me. I really enjoy doing it. It's a creative outlet. And so I'm happy to listen to someone's podcast for the purpose of writing the show notes. But so yeah, I, I'll meet with them. We'll talk about what they need and it just kind of rolls out from there. And then you give them the different forms that they could do. And like mm -hmm. you said, you're, you're so analytic that you already have genres already built into your Rolodex in your mind, or as I say, my mm -hmm. memories museum. So you know which way to go with it. And that's the expertise. And, and that's where I clap because like you, you said something that was really crazy to me just a minute ago. You said that it's just a hobby, but I see mm -hmm. it as an actual job. Like you actually you go into the podcast, you dissect it, and you figure out what's important in the podcast. Like that has to make you feel amazing because you're the person, you're the true advertisement wing in a podcast when you do the show notes. Yeah, I guess I call it a hobby because um, I enjoy my day job so much that I would, I would never quit doing that in exchange for doing this full time, but I also really enjoy being a podcast VA. So I just consider it a hobby because I like doing it. And I'm very conscious of people's budgets. I know podcasters, if they even have a budget, it's usually pretty tight. So I'm conscious of that. And I'm not necessarily doing this to, you know, make a ton of money or anything. So I, I kind of base when I, when I listen to them talk about what they need, I kind of get an idea in my head of, okay, what do I think would be the best fit for your podcast? And then we talk about what their budget is. And so I just try to work with everybody. You know, it's not real serious. It's not like a real serious thing. I don't use contracts. We all just, we just work together until it, you know, stops working. I'm just very casual about it. <laughs> yeah, working, working, working through a handshake. And that's one thing that's yes. good. Um, now, we're going to move on to some more deeper stuff because you did have a topic okay. that I want to, I'm having to bring you back for because the thing that I'm trying to do with this behind the scenes is I want to be structured, even if me and you do the next six shows, I want to mm -hmm. get people structured and centered and realizing that there's more to podcasting than just making the podcast, having a good sound. It, it's more like mm -hmm. the, the newsletter. We'll, we won't talk about that right now because that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Um, the show notes, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, they're really engaging, like I said earlier, in like the blogging communities and stuff like that, but they're really engaging to uh, certain older audiences because not all, not all the times, because some people may get to like a Tumblr or something like that. They may not get there, but some people may go to um, a streaming platform for the instance, like Google and older people. And I'll just say analytic people, because I, I will do this too. If I'm listening to your podcast, I will go down through the show notes and I will click a link to see something may I, I probably won't buy anything, but if you have something that's really attractive and shiny, I might click another mm -hmm. time and buy it. So show notes to me, like they're really, at first I didn't, I didn't understand them. Not like, mm -hmm. uh, not comprehending them. I didn't understand their value. Mm -hmm. And the more and more, you know, you, you get on, get, get into them. You find out that they're probably the, the best tool in marketing that you could have. Yeah, I agree. And so at, at their core, show notes are nice because if you're listening to an episode and they mention something and you can't write it down because you're driving, you can go back later and read the show notes. That's the most obvious use of them. Or if you are hearing impaired, but you're still in, interested in the topic, you can refer back to the show notes. So Th that is their most obvious value. But when it comes to things like selling products or promoting products, um, getting sponsorships, driving people to your website and your podcast, that's where their more uh, business use comes in. Right. And I, and I truly agree with that. And I appreciate you for d uh, doing this for me and the rest of the Legion and the other audiences that come along with this podcast, because mm -hmm. um when I talk to other podcasters about this and, and I'm, and I'm giving away a little bit of the dirt and I'm talking like 53% cause I, I started tallying. They care nothing about their show notes, but when they hear stories of people gaining listeners, um, 
it builds a level in my famous phrases it builds a level of intimacy that you're not going to get from the voice because some people can hear the voice listen to that podcast and then throw it away and then come back next week and listen and it's just because they got the they use an android phone instead of an iphone so they can do that but people with iphones i gotta listen to something i need to see more visual things i'm gonna scroll and look you know i want to know more about you those notes build that intimacy and they let you into someone's world to a degree i believe you know maybe i'm putting a lot of emphasis on it but it just changed me. And I wish as a podcaster, when I first started that I had invested in the show notes and done things different because now with the, I'm not going to say a better quality of audience, but the more well-rounded listener that's doing more than just listening that they're, they want to be part of the experience. They want to um, see this and that. It, it brings a certain value that I'm not going to get from a service like TikTok. Mm-hmm. A longer yeah. attention span. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think show notes, if you're, if you're really serious about being a podcaster and you want to make money off of your show and you want to get sponsors, I think having show notes is, is a good thing to offer your audience, but also kind of like the next obvious step in growing. And, you know, maybe a podcaster um, is, unsure about show notes because they're not sure if they can write them themselves, but then maybe they also don't want to hire someone to do it because it can be hard to give up control of your baby, the podcast, you know, and that's okay. But I do think it's something that you should seriously consider if you really want to go big with your podcast. Okay. And and I agree with that. And even though it's not a long topic to talk about, I want to thank you, Lisa, for coming on the podcast and doing this and hopefully in the future we can get you for some other topics because uh one thing i do want to talk about if we can 1998 stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses stamps.com brings a service of the united states postal service and the ups shipping right to your computer whether you're in an office sending invoices a side hustle sd shop or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders stamps.com will make your life easy all you need is a computer and a standard printer. Supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new rate advisory tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD. That's stamps.com, promo code POD, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Take uh, 30 seconds or a minute or five minutes or a whole other hour. Inside virtual... Inside of being a virtual assistant, because, you know, we did that episode, like, I don't know, we, we did it, like, last year. It was last year, yeah. We did mm-hmm. it, like, last year, and a lot has changed in the environment. Um, mm-hmm. There's subscription-based uh, podcasting now that's heavier, um, and, and so many different things. How do you feel about the landscape of independent podcasting as it is now, compared to last year? I mean, I feel like anybody can start a podcast and I feel like anybody is right now. It seems like every time I turn around, somebody that I personally know is starting a podcast or they're talking about it. And I think that's great. Uh, you know, the more the merrier. And I, I mean, I've been listening to podcasts for years and years and years, and I love just being able to search for different topics that are of interest to me and finding a couple of shows to choose from. I I do think that there has been more of a change though towards people wanting to make money off of their podcast as opposed to just doing it for fun. I've noticed more of like, how can I make money off of this? And that's okay too. I would say that's probably the biggest change I've noticed is clients wanting to make money instead of just doing it for fun or for a hobby. Right. And, and, I, and I say that's one thing that hurts a business and everybody knows me as the monetized man, but 
the thing is, like you said, it's a certain quality, and and, and it, it used to be crazy. Like I would always tell someone, your catalog needs at least be ten episodes before you think about that. But people are putting out four episodes, or they're coming with a thousand followers or ten thousand followers. And I, no disrespect to anybody, but I know a lot of people are buying some listeners and stuff like that because I've and and uh, likes because I've noticed it's been. A, crazy few months and some podcasts that have skyrocketed with with uh their uh, following you see a lot of bots and their likes i mean you can buy them if you want them but i'm not going to waste that kind of money to improve my podcast i'll improve it the organic way hire someone mm-hmm. like you that can help me in certain areas and also one thing i do want to throw in here guys um here's a story and me and you haven't ever talked about this story but i need to tell this right now Okay. I had a show with Lark Galley, and I contacted your services to create a graphic for me. Your yeah. graphic uh, did very well. I wasn't ever mad or upset with you. The show tanked at first, mm-hmm. but because of your graphic that you did, you did three three of them for me, I believe. Mm-hmm. Three graphics, Podcastagram, Pat, saw it and picked up my episode. And I don't know, we may, we may have talked about the story. Um he picked up my episode and that show went from being my worst show ever to it's in my top mm-hmm. five episodes now because of the graphic you produce. So I always wanted to tell you a thank you from that. Cause even though oh, I felt welcome. strong, I felt strong about it and I advertised it a certain way and the ads were looking good. He took your ad threw an audiogram on it, which I may do one day, but it's not my style. Yeah. He threw an audiogram and then he, he just put just one extra 10 on it. And that show skyrocketed. And for the longest time, it was my biggest episode until I did a, a Godzilla show or something. And yeah. I, I didn't, I know we never talked about that, but I really want to thank you. And that's one thing I do want to tell everybody. Um, I don't care who you are. Uh, everybody can jump on Canva and do this and that, but you have to engage professionals. And I'm not talking about the Fiverr professionals. I'm talking about like you. You don't even know how I found you, right? Nope. You just showed up one day in my DMs. <laughs> right. Well, the story is, is that people were talking about you then. It may have been on a minute scale then, but they brought your name up. And that's the greatest thing. That's the one thing that I say about professionals, even though you said it's a hobby, you're a professional at what you do because you can do all of it. You should have your own podcast mm-hmm. called Lisa's Corner. I don't know about that. Um but yeah, I mean, I, even though it's a hobby to me, I do take it very seriously and I am very professional in how I interact with my clients. I want the best for them. I want them to be happy with what I do. And if they're not happy, I'll do anything I can to fix it. So um, I guess when I say it's my hobby, I'm just trying to communicate how enjoyable it is for me. It's okay. not just a, a job. It's what I do in my free time. Essentially. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the thing is, I just wanted that story out there because if it wasn't for you doing that the way you did, because I was doing Microsoft Paint. you seen my old ads. <laughs> my ads looked rough. And then I, I the, the smart thing is, you know, uh, and, and this is something that, I, that I'm telling people to do and they need to continuously do. If someone gives you a trait and, 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 and is willing to do that for you, pay for that work. Don't be sneaky and underhanded and, you know, get the get the um graphics and then run away with them i mean you're you're a nice business lady you're not shrewd or anything like that but from what you did it set me up to learn more not and Mm. you know and the thing is that from the quality that you did i had to learn how to do background foreground on certain things and i got to a level that i can do a ad now just because i had to focus on that one thing instead of show notes um we'll have to work together on some show notes I got an episode <laughs> later we'll talk about. Um, okay. I, I got so polished with it that I can take anything, you know, as long as they send it to me, I can make an ad in two minutes. Yeah. And I carry three devices, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, I'm glad to hear you're part of the family now too with the computer. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, Sorry. like just that, that little bit of the knowledge that you passed in your work, you didn't tell me how to do it. You just made things so pristine and everything like people still talk about those pictures. I do repurposing for two years on my podcast episodes now. So 
people mm-hmm. are still grabbing at that stuff. So I definitely want people to, to come over uh, to your Instagram page and to do business with you there. Now, on to my next question and said all that ranting and raving and stuff about you. Don't want to get you too flustered. She Look, she kept a solid face the whole time. She didn't get red or anything. She's like, yeah, I do this, man. Um, so what is something that you see in the next few months that's going to be changing in the podcast business. I'm going to give you a little filler and then you can go from here. I'll tell you this. This is one thing I noticed that's changed. Um, Spotify got out here and started buying every little thing up. All small, mm-hmm. like a lot of small entities. They got deals with WordPress now. A year ago, they didn't have a deal with WordPress. You had to pay somebody to work their WordPress. You know, you can, you still have to pay somebody to do it because you can start it, but you can't maintain it, which you're proficient in a lot of areas um what do you see that that will be different later the thing that i see that's going to be different and and so that you'll have your uh, thoughts together on this one i see more video podcasting taking over because i watch i watch two podcasts on twitch because i can put them in a little bubble and i can keep playing pokemon go and still listen (laughs) so twitch to me even though it's got its own streaming force and some people do podcasts over there but the way that some of these guys are doing it and all that I see that video podcast, not YouTube, because YouTube's a is a repurposed site to me. It's like about like you know the videos that we shoot. I, could, I should throw them all up on there, but I don't have uh, explicit consent from anybody that has done a show with me um, to put it on YouTube. So if anybody ever does want that, please uh, head over to WestVirginiaCommonplace.com and we'll get a waiver signed and I'll put it on YouTube. But anyway, um, what do you think is going to be the, the the next big thing or the difference or something new in podcasting? Well, I, I guess I I thought that TikTok was going to be the next big thing for podcasters. There are for sure podcasters on TikTok. I don't know how much value it has been to them. I haven't found a lot of information about it so far. And I know that you are on TikTok, so maybe you can speak to that. But I was hoping and expecting that TikTok would be the next big platform for, for podcasters. I know I, I, I know a lot of podcasters who have moved to YouTube. It is just an additional way of driving traffic to their website and just having a different way to deliver content to their audience. Um, Patreon continues to be yes. popular with podcasters. And I think it's a good idea. And why not? And then kind of kind of circling back to newsletters, putting out a newsletter every week or every month or quarterly using maybe a platform like MailChimp. I I think newsletters are a really good thing to offer your audience and it helps them keep connected to you in between seasons. And it's easy way to repurpose your content. So I, I'm not really sure there to me, you, it's hard to predict what the trends are going to be. And each podcaster is different and one platform may not work for them or one trend may not work. I think just maybe, maybe either try everything or stick to what you know works, you know, just kind of figure it out for yourself. <laughs> yeah. I like that too. Cause I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. Like TikTok, I tried to like, I'm not a I'm I'm a talk show host. I am nothing more. I'm not even a podcaster. I'm an entertainer. If you listen to my delivery, but I don't make, I'm very serious. Like I have a serious structure to my life. Even when I sleep, I'm serious in my sleep. So (laughs) I try to come off as a comedian and like that delivery got a little bit of laugh out of you, but it was really serious for me. It was heartfelt. It came out of my memories museum from the bottom of the foundry in my heart to be serious. And Mm -hmm. I feel that it's just like, I can't shuck and jive and do all these extra dances and all this other stuff to get listeners. But then I see certain podcasts that can like what we're doing right now, they have an extra camera, which I always have these all, all kinds of cameras. I should do it one day. They do a panoramic or they got the camera like here dangling down and the iPad over here or whatever you're using. And I can't do all that. I'm, I'm not about that yeah. life. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it's important that you know yourself, because if you're doing something that's not you, that's going to come through, like just be yourself and just know that your people will find you, your audience will find you and they listen to your show because they like your content and they like you as a person. You don't need to pretend and, and try things that don't feel natural, but at the same time, be open you know, to, to maybe trying different platforms just to see if it works. Okay. Now 
Lisa, I apologize about this, but there comes a part in the show. And we didn't do this because I didn't have this call yet. But um, we have uh, to pay homage to 2020. John Stossel was a comedian of the show. He had that little whatever. Nobody paid attention to that. Diane Sawyer came on about, I don't know, 10, 20-ish to like 10, 40. She asked some hard-hitting questions, but at 10, 40, 10, 41, 10, 42, Barbara Walters came on there. And Barbara Walters either sent you to bed early or she let you get stay up to 11.06 or something. And you either had something thought-provoking or something that just put you to sleep you didn't care. Well, you're on the hot seat now, okay? These are questions that, that, okay. I, that, I, that I don't prepare people for. Um, you are a virtual assistant, so there's so many aspects to the business. Um, and me and you see each other visually right now. I want to pull something up. Mm-hmm. This is a, a QR code, okay? Okay. So I need to ask you a question about QR codes because I don't know that much about them. I've been going around grassrooting, right? right? And I've been taking mm-hmm. QR codes and slapping them up everywhere. When I go to a mall and I see a pole, slap it up there. Um, what, because you're like with a virtual assistant, you work in every form of with the graphics and everything. So you have a marketing mind. What would be a way for a fledging podcaster to market their show through a virtual assistant? Well, you can hire a virtual assistant to only market your show. So you can say, I want to grow my podcast. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. I want you to create graphics and post to these platforms so many times a day or so many times a week. You can hire somebody to just do all of that for you. And and I do recommend using those platforms and doing that exact thing, but you have to be consistent. And I myself am not as consistent as I should be. <laughs> so I need to take my own advice. But if, you're, if you want to grow your, your podcast and you're going to use social media to do it, you have to be consistent because you're up against so many other podcasters and people's memories are short. You want to stay in their face, on their feed all the time, and be consistent, not only in how often you post, but what you post, you know, like every week you post your episode that's coming up, you know, you do your little audiogram or your graphic or promote your guest and um, you just need to commit to it. It's okay to fall off here and there, but you'll notice when you do, you'll notice when you fall off. Okay. And I, and listen, once again, I can appreciate that because that's a hard hitting question. Now Mm -hmm. that was just your Diane Sawyer question. Okay. Thanks Diane. (laughs) Now we're going to get to the nitty gritty with Barbara Walters. And I love doing this with people because this is my favorite thing. Cause I I got questions um, that are, that I make them into multi-chapters. So you are hired to take over my podcast, not take over. That's the wrong way to say it, but I'll say it anyway. I hire you to, to assume the, the marketing full control over the podcast beyond what I produce. You hear an episode and it's not great. And you know, it's not great. Um, how do you feel about like you're using your integrity, like in telling someone that it's not that great? How do I tell you something's not that great? Yeah. Is, okay. Well, I would never use those words. That's just not who I am. What I would do is I would first tell you what is really good. Pick out what is really good. There's always going to be something good. Maybe it's the topic or the guest, or maybe it's the way that you, uh, the verbiage you used or the order that you spoke about things. So I would pick out everything that's good and then say, hey, I noticed there was this thing. Let's see if we can change it or maybe work to improve it. But I, I would never just come and say, you know, your, your episode was no good. I can't do anything with this. Like I, (laughs) I think being a podcaster is a learning process, just like being a VA is. And I just don't, I just, I, I just don't have it in me to to be so aggressive. I, I would be more, you know, like creative, you know, uh, like constructive criticism and encourage. I want to encourage you, you know, I don't want to discourage you. 
right, right, right. I tend to work with a lot of new podcasters. I do, I do have some clients that have been around for years and years, six, seven years of podcasting, Mm. but I tend to work with newer podcasters and I want to encourage them and help them grow. So that's the approach that I usually take. Okay. Now there's another part to the question. So you decided that you're going to take the high road with the, the other question I asked you, which I appreciate <laughs> that. And, and you're a genuine person and that's who you are. So that's fine. Has there been a situation and we can never, we anonymize things so that we don't speak about people. Has there ever been a situation in being a virtual assistant that you had to just step back from for a day or two, like just a crazy demand or something, or just something that was out of context for you at that moment has it ever happened to you thus far no I've been really fortunate in that everybody that I've worked with they've just been they're just good people um I I have uh interviewed with potential clients who I felt would not be a good fit and so in that way I probably dodged a bullet But for the folks that I have literally worked with who have been my clients, they've all been really great people. Um, Never any concerns from my, from my side, hopefully they don't have any concerns from theirs, but I I feel like everybody that I've worked with has just been really genuine, good person and is just out there doing their best to bring content to their listeners. And I'm, I'm happy to go along with them on the ride. Okay. Now. You work with uh, someone that we have, we're friends and we have a mutual mm-hmm. friend between us. Uh, we do. Stephanie. And uh, yes. Stephanie has an amazing podcast and she says that I pronounce it wrong. I say step up podcast and she says it's step up podcast. And I like, I yes. put that extra sound in there. I said, it won't sound country anymore. So I'm going to say it the way I say it. Uh, okay. Yeah. So um, now I, I have a story with her. We interviewed the same guest one time it was a lady um i don't remember her name julie glenn or something like that well yeah that was her name exactly so she did this episode and you've been involved with her quite a bit um and and this is just a a preference but i like to get an answer out of you i might not get one because this might be really a tough question i listened to her episode in my episode right and i listened to the sound quality and i listened to the questions i um took my coffee and filled it up twice and listened to hers I listened to mine and I kind of put it to the side um and listening to her and this is not big in her, making her bigger or say anything um to hype her up when I listened to her show the, the difference that I seen was I asked good questions I got a different banner I've got a formula it's a format but when I listened to her interview it was the way that she said things she like draw these things out of Julie that I couldn't get. Julie was kind of prudent with me. And I was like, uh, you know, so, and, you know, I just, I mean, you don't force interviews and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but I kind of had to take the training wheels and show her how to use the training wheels. Um, But Stephanie like gripped it real quick and, and just, you know, flowed with it. How do you, cause you hear different episodes and you hear people's episodes with different guests when you have someone working for you, how do you like put the brakes on not telling them that they did a better interview than someone else or that they didn't do a better interview than someone else? That's a hard question. Well, I I haven't had that happen, but if, if I were in that situation, if, if one person was able to relate to the guest in a different way than the other person, I I think there's value in in both of those because you can have one guest interviewed by two different people and those two different people bring out value in a different way. So unless the episode itself was just really bad, I don't think that there's anything wrong with having two different interview styles for one guest. I think there's value in both styles and that guest is going to relate to someone else in a different way. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's just who the (laughs) podcast host is and just who the guest is. So I think there's value in in the way that you do your episodes and the way that Stephanie does hers. You both have great episodes. You both do a great job with your guests. And yeah, I think there's value in both. 
well, I'm going to say from my side, once I listened to hers, I started taking some cues and cues from her. And I, and, you know, obviously the new microphone and not those $5 microphones from the bargain bin. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can, I can go with that. But I'll, I'll say this, like, sometimes I get wrapped up in other podcasters because I'll hear them and I'm like, man, I need that sound, but I can't afford that sound, not with a microphone, just how they are. And, and I get a little tired. Yes, sir. Bet the house. We are the most happiness podcast, the most grindingest podcast, the most hardworking podcast. This is Ron and Come tap in with us every Friday, brand new episode on all platforms. So if you want that real, you want that funny, you want that authentic, this is the place to get it. We lit, we have fun, we party, but we always keep it real. We always keep it up, we always never let you down. Tap into us, bet the house, always bet the house.com. Let's go. Place on the internet, hands down. We give it to you straight, nothing here is watered down. The best show in town, and you can bet the house. Yes, you can bet the house. Yes, you can bet the house. We give it to you straight, nothing here is watered down. The best show in town, and you can bet the house. Up there. So now, Lisa, this is the last thing. Mm And uh, once again, I want to thank you for coming to West Virginia and Commonplace because we love having yeah. you. Might have to start thank a series you. with you, you know, somehow. Okay. Uh, I'll have Lisa's corner. Because so, one good thing about me is I can always convey an idea and eventually wrap people up in it and they'll go along with it. So maybe we'll get yeah. some free time out of you, but you're a very busy lady. And I thank you for your time once again. Um, you're welcome. What's in the future for you? And the reason I always ask this to people, and I want to know this is because, you know, you're out here, you have a fledging business you handle clients, you have other clients with your other job, and then you have other clients with your other job. Mm -hmm. So what is next for you? Well, I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. Um, I only work with uh, so many clients at a time because I can only manage so many at a time. Um, and And I'm always honest with when people come to me you know, and they, and they want to know if we can work together. If I don't feel like I can take them on as a client and produce quality work for them, then I'll be honest about that. I'm not going to try to, you know, cram your podcast in to my week. Um, so at this point, I, I just consider, you know, each person that comes to me, I just consider their podcast and what I can do for them, but I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm good at a very particular set of things and that's what I'll continue to offer my clients. And I just, I really enjoy it. And future clients also. Yes. And future clients. Yes. (laughs) Right. Okay. Okay. And I like that. Now, with that being said, one thing that um, I'd like to address to you and I'll, and, and this is something that just happened this week, I am doing a top 400 independent podcast list Mm -hmm. on this list i made one one concession there cannot be a number 400 or number one what are your thoughts on that i i don't think i understand the question like what do you what do you mean exactly what what i'm asking you is like i decided that i'm gonna do a top 400 podcast list i'm going to get all kinds of people i'll find a way to get you involved because you listen to a lot of independent podcasts and different things too um but i'm not going to have a number one or a number 400 because i feel like those two numbers don't represent anything if you get close to the top or if you get somewhere in the middle or you get even 399 you have a great podcast that's being acknowledged um do, do you think there's something wrong with my formula of not having a number one or 400 no i i it, it sounds to me like you're saying you're not going to have anyone that's the best and you're not going to have anyone that's the worst. Everybody is just in it together and they're on the list because you enjoy them. Yes. So you're, you're, you're ranking them in a way, but you're not putting anybody at the very top and no one is at the very bottom. Right. That's and, good. And that's my next venture. And uh, cause I want to take a little time away from podcasting. Cause everybody knows that I've got, 
so many episodes in the background. Um, something real interesting this Saturday, if anybody gets a chance, because we'll, I will be putting this out really soon. I mean, you'll have to talk about a time that works for you. But um, yeah. I repurposed an episode, like not like doing a ad and bringing it back or something like that. No, I actually had an episode that was in my archives. It was a great episode. It has this guy named Todd Sullivan, right? He does Korean horror books. Yeah, see, you did the O right there. It's like, it's got a wow factor, but it, it just, with everything I do, and it became more business, I, I had to put it on the shelf because I didn't have any way to bring it out. Well, mm-hmm. I'm sitting back and I'm in my recliner and something crazy happened. Um, I, I took an ad of you. Or I went back because I had Listen Soon. I took the Listen Soon off and I published it. I was like, Lisa's episode, some people are going to listen to again. And I put it out and people listen to it. And I was like, you know what? I've got shows on the shelf. Why not have a series where you actually repurpose episode, put a beginning in the disclaimer of why it didn't come out, not in a rude way to make an enemy of the guests that you didn't put the show out for. Cause sometimes I lose contact with people and some people fizzle out in their ventures. Like I've had mm-hmm. at least 20 episodes I've thrown away for the simple fact that people are writing a book and they quit. I say to authors, please have your book finished before you come or your manuscript, you know, something. But I had 20 episodes all together, people that had good ideas. They were in the middle of their book and I never heard from them again. (laughs) So, so that's the next thing I'm doing. Um, So lastly, and this will be the final thing. What is your advice to a fledgling podcaster right now? You said a word consistency. And people go with consistency so much when I ask them this, but they never explain the consistency that they're talking about. And you've explained it this episode about the social media, about basically if they hire you, their consistency will be fine because you can take care of it for them. Mm-hmm. So what well, is the, go ahead. I would say just main, maintain consistency with your interest in what you're doing. You know, you, sometimes podcasters they they start out really gung-ho they're super excited they have topics lined up for maybe their first five or six episodes and then they start to fizzle out and maybe that's because it's more work than they thought or they are maybe they're feeling some imposter syndrome and they're thinking oh nobody's listening to this I only had like 10 downloads or um, they lose interest in their topic but any of those scenarios will come through to your listener in your podcast. So if you really aren't feeling it on a particular week, don't record that episode because it'll come through that you're not really interested. Um, So I think if you're going to start a podcast, put a lot of thought into it. Think about how committed you are to doing it, what your purpose is behind it, what you want, you know, your goals, and um, just be yourself and let things unfold organically as they will. Um, you know, take your take your show seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> and I thank you. Now, once again, our shameless plug, Lisa, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram, podcast VA, Lisa Sheely. Or you can find me on your Instagram page or on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I thank you very much. And once again, this is West Virginia Commonplace and Lisa Sheely Productions signing off. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.